guys, this is the 19th episode of the Academica Vertex and today I'm joined by Aditya and a very special guest who is known at Twitter as Captain Hintsight and is ranked number 66 in the world. Uh, Sean, how are you doing mate? Very good, thanks. It's a real pleasure to be on. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's my first time on the pod, so a little bit nervous, but doing very well, thanks. How about you, Aditya? I'm fine, mate. Uh, thanks for asking. I know I messed up the intro and you've taken up doing the host for this episode. So, you know. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm going to try and do my best as a host. <laughs> I like talking a lot, so uh, I think I'm going to do a good job. So, Sean, uh, tell us about your season and how have things gone for you? I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't very, very lucky. I think uh, that's the first thing I need to mention. There has been a lot of luck involved in the season, getting 66th in the world. I think that the highest I've ever, ever finished in the season, uh, 22k. And that was really at a time when there was hardly any players a long time ago. So, yeah, it's, it's going super, super well. Um, I don't know if you want me to go straight into why, or if we're going to save that slowly for later on. No, I think you, you could just, you know, uh, tell us some things about how your season went. You know, I want to hear about, okay. yeah, your strategy and how you approach the season, maybe. Okay, well, if I talk about how I approach the season, um, like a lot of guys, I suppose, um, I make spreadsheets as well before the season starts just to get a good idea of who the best players are. Um, might sound strange, but I don't really just click on the on the totals of the season and take a look from there. Um, I've got a little approach called point ceilings. So I'll try and develop it a little bit for you of what I do. But basically, all of the players, I'll stick them into a spreadsheet um, try and get my best idea of what the points per million was for each player. So, for example, a um, little stat for you. Last season, uh, the top 20 players uh, divided them all uh, by the points totals to see how much 1 million was worth. 23.29 was the magic number. And then I put everybody in to see where that came out. And, yeah, I found some very, very interesting numbers. But the main point I take away from the resets at the start of the season was uh, Bruno Fernandes. He was going to be absolutely key to my season so far. The problem was, as you guys know, there was a blank week right in the first week. He wasn't playing. So I decided immediately from the start of the season that I was going to get wildcard in game week two immediately. That was going to be my real squad, in fact, for the season. I've treated game week one as just a free hit. And game week two was always going to be my strategy to wildcard straight from there. Bruno Fernandes was going to be absolutely key to get in. Uh, had Emi Martinez from game week two straight from the start, so that was a pretty good goalkeeper pick. And then you get some classic names as well, like Andy Robertson. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting way to you know approach the the start of the season because I think uh, many fell in the trap of you know getting players from the start uh, from Man United and City, and I think that wasn't such a, a beneficial thing because in game week one. Uh, Many big hitters did really well, so I was one of the people who who got in early, hoping that we would get ahead of the curve, you know. Uh, and I think what you, yeah, what you did, the gimmick to wildcard, was really good, and I think it worked out a lot well for you and for any other people who did it, because you know Martinez was someone who I think could, you couldn't really jump on from the first gimmick, and I think that was a really good move starting. And Bruno, of course. Do you have him uh, since game week two? Yep. He's been an absolute mainstay the whole way through my yeah. entire team. Yeah, that, uh, that, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's been a great captain choice as well um, for a lot of the time. The, the only problem is that now a lot of people have jumped on him, so if you don't captain him some weeks, he's, he's still damaging your rank. But yeah, I mean, I took a little look back at it. He's actually had 11 double-digit holes this season, so yeah, for the long term, it's kind of worked out. Okay, and did you take a lot of hits? Did you play it safer most times? Uh, what's your th approach regarding that? To be honest, I have. I've taken quite a lot of hits looking back through it. Um, I didn't actually realize how many I'd taken when I went back through my record and took a little look. To be honest, my strategy, it's, it's not hit adverse, generally speaking. Um, the one thing I would advise, and the one thing I've been trying to practice fully this season, maybe it's different from last season's in my planning, I'll always take a six-feet fixture look ahead of time. So every time I've taken one of those hits, there's always been keeping in mind the next six fixtures coming. And if I judge that over the next six fixtures, that hit's going to pay off, 
I don't mind taking a hit, in fact. So I'm not I'm not adverse to a minus four, sometimes a minus eight. I think I draw the line at any more than that. But yeah, if I see a long-term gain, potentially, I don't mind doing it. I, I wouldn't do it just for one week. But yeah, during, during the six-fixture span, I do take hits without any problem. Yeah, that sounds really interesting and something that makes much more sense because in the long run, I think uh, many uh, hits could pay off uh, massively. Um, with double gaming's galore this season, I think that's a really wise move. Um, yeah, so I think we should uh, keep on going, and then we can we can also talk about the rest of the season how we are planning to approach that. So next up, uh, I think we could discuss uh, the next few gaming's. Many people are thinking of wildcarding soon. Uh, I think that's a really uh, crucial thing because in we're in the last. Uh, Gaming of the season, I think we should, you know. So, what are your thoughts, Aditya? Because you haven't talked in a while, you know. So, I'm gonna give the you the question. What do you think about uh, Spurs, and what are you planning to do with them? Yeah, I mean, we just got an update, right? That Spurs they get a double game week in game week 32. I think they play uh, Southampton and Everton. So, I, I mean, for the managers who did get in extra Spurs players for the free hit. Uh, sorry, for blank game week 29, I think uh, they're going to be quite lucky at this point. And I, I did see a few managers who did get in bail. So I think it's time for them to keep hold of him at this point. And yeah, I mean, Spurs play Newcastle. And uh, then they play United. Then they have obviously the double game week. And then they have a blank and then Sheffield. So I mean, at least till game week 32, it makes sense to you know keep your Spurs players, maybe Kane. Uh, Son, and then probably someone like Bale, or if you want a defensive asset like Loris, or maybe Reguilon. And although the game week 33, uh, where they have basically a fixture blank, is a concern because you don't want to bench an expensive asset on the bench. Uh, on the bench, so I mean, as in when we get close to game week 33, I think it's maybe time to get rid of one or two Spurs players and maybe just keep the most important one. Yeah, I think that's a really sensible option, and uh, I've actually thought about, you know, uh, selling both, I'm sorry about that, selling both, and then maybe getting one back for the nice two fixtures uh, after that blank game week, which are against Sheffield and Leeds. But what do you think, Sean? What are you planning to do? I, I think Spurs is going to be a really big dilemma for everybody, especially with that double um, landing just now. Uh, as you said, they've got Newcastle, there's that double, there's the blank. But I think even afterwards, the Sheffield United and Leeds fixtures look really, really good for the attackers as well. Um, I'm not against maybe dropping one. Um, for me, actually, if I was going to drop one, I'm currently on Son and Kane myself. I would probably, maybe it's surprising, but I'd probably drop Kane more than I'd drop Son. Um, I already mentioned how I like having double-digit holes in my team. Uh, Sun's had more than Kane has this year. He's had nine double-digit holes. Kane's only had six. And stats-wise, um, I didn't realize this, but over the last five games, uh, Sun's actually top of the uh, expected assists as well. So if I was to captain one of these assets in the most recent games, I'd probably be more likely to captain Sun over Kane. And, of course, Kane costs the extra money as well. But it's a really big dilemma trying to keep those two on the bench, it's a lot of money to use on the bench. So I'm really not decided on what to do with them. But if I was going to get rid of one of them, it would probably be Kane more than Stun, in fact. I'm, I'm against the triple up, by the way. I think that's too much. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with you there. The triple up is like suicide because spreads are so uh, unpredictable sometimes. And I think uh, in the Kane against Son dilemma, I think what you're saying makes so much sense. And I think Son... Uh, is much more explosive most times. And one, one something else that caught my attention is Leicester's fixtures uh, from Gimmick 30T onwards, I think, are absolutely amazing. I think they have um, West Brom, uh, Palace, Newcastle, in the spam of three, four gimmicks. Yeah. Southampton uh, in there as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just so that. I think uh, Vardy could be a great alternative to Kane, and I think he could actually outscore him, with Madison probably being back somewhere around there, too. And Leicester seemed to be uh, finding their feet again, because they, they had some troubles with the Barnes injury 
and I think they're gonna bounce back strong. So are you willing to look at their assets, maybe Castagne too, or Tillemans? Um, if I can come in first, perhaps for for me, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the big key asset of Leicester actually, Ian Acho has really got my attention lately. Um, he's he's looked so so good since he's managed to get a regular run in the team. In fact, um, top of XG for the last five games again, five goals to go with it. 16 shots, uh, pretty good. And as you said, with that amazing fixture list. And, and he's cheap as well. He's, he's, he was one of the ones that was going to drop in for the differential calls later on because he's really lowly owned as well. So I, I definitely think of Iheanacho as well. Yeah, he, he's like uh, a bargain. And I, I, I'm just worried if he keeps his place. So that's the only worry for me uh, regarding Iheanacho. Aditya, are you willing to take a pound on him? Yeah, I mean, definitely. He's just priced at about 5.7, right? So, I think their fixtures from about game week 33 onwards, they definitely, you know, do look good. 32 onwards, sorry. So, I mean, uh, if he does keep his place, because I think by that time, I think Madison should be back. So, if he still manages to keep his place, keeps his place, then I think definitely NHO want to target. But we'll have to see, right, for the next two weeks, against the next two fixtures, basically City and West Ham, if he does manage to, you know, keep up the same form as what he did show even in the FA Cup game against United. So, going to be an interesting pick. But also, I think from Spurs, there's also Lucas Mora. Another option, if you want someone who's quite cheap, I think 6.6, 6.7. If you don't want to basically get in maybe so on, or maybe you just have Kane and maybe want just another asset who's just around mid-price. So. Yeah. I, I like the Mora shout, actually. I think he's very benchable for that, for that blank week. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you had him in your free-hit team, if I'm not mistaken. That, that worked out well. To be honest, the only reason he was there was because Sun got injured and I wanted to quickly find a replacement. And uh, yeah, more than yeah. he was getting game time, I thought he's bound to play a key role in that game. And yeah, he got me uh, nine points that week. So pretty happy with that punt. Yeah, I really like that pick. And uh, I'm glad it went well for you. Uh, so now let's uh, look at another interesting topic. Uh, and the other team, which blanks in uh, 33, is Man City. And, you know, with the Champions League uh, games and the fixture congestion, I think many will look to, you know, get off the triple up or even stay with one player. So, Aditya, uh, what's your take on it and what do you think you're going to be doing? Well, that's a very tough question for me, to be honest, because I have Stones, Diaz and Sterling. And I'm just wondering, why do I still have Sterling at this point? <laughs> that's a question I need to answer in the next few days before the deadline. I mean, Stones that's and Diaz... Stones and DS is definitely uh, a concern because I think DS is the player which we need to keep in our teams because Stones and Laporte will get rotated more often and Sterling, I think, is going to get benched most of the times. Probably Gundogan is the one to own or maybe De Bruyne. But with regards to what, what is to be done, 30, they play Leicester, 31, they play Leeds, 32, they play Villa, 33 is a blank and 34, Palace. But the problem here is that they have the Champions League game against Borussia Dortmund. So, I think if the point gap between the first and the second, I think at the moment it's quite high. I mean, if it does keep up in the same pace, then I think Pep will surely switch his attention towards the Champions League. So, there could be a chance we could start start to see rotations here and there. Maybe a few dip in performances. Not quite sure. So, maybe just having uh, Diaz and then maybe someone like Gundogan is probably fine but uh, maybe for in regards to John Stones I think probably it's time for him to go maybe get in someone else like Luke Shaw or maybe a Chelsea defender if you don't have one so yeah I think that sounds really sensible and Sean I, I think you told me that you have Cancel Diaz and Gundogan so what are you planning to get off so I'm definitely going to be moving at least one of them on in the future. Uh, it might even be as soon as this week, to be honest. One of, one of my transfers I'm considering is possibly uh, Diaz gone to uh, possibly a Chelsea defender as well. I just heard Aditya mention that. I think Chelsea's run is looking really, really good for the future. So it's it's not that I don't like the Man City assets. I think they're really, really capable of hauling. It's just what you guys mentioned about the rotation risk. I think that's the main concern with them, but... The sooner they're going to have the league wrapped up, the, the worse it is from an FPL perspective because they're going to start resting all of these great players that we've been depending on so much this year. So for me, yeah, um, I'll keep hold of Cancelo, I think, just because of his explosive haul potential. And if he doesn't play, so be it. My, my bench can support that. But as for Diaz, um, 
he's the most likely nailed, of course, but I look at things from a potential perspective. Where can we go elsewhere? And for somebody like Rudiger, for example, or Christensen, I think they're great shouts. They've got um, West Brom Palace, Brighton, West Ham, Fulham coming up before they finally meet City. There's a lot of clean sheet potential there for Chelsea, so I'm, I'm not against uh, at least getting one, possibly even two. You know, I'd even go for a triple up for the Chelsea uh, defence coming forward. It's just, yeah, which ones to get? That's the main question there. Yeah, yeah. I think you have a point. Chelsea have looked really, really solid, and uh, I'm really thinking a double up could be really beneficial for the long run for their running game mix. But an interesting thing that I saw that was United fixtures from 32 after the Tottenham game. I think they have Burnley, Leeds. Um, I need to I need to check check the next ones, but they have really good fixture run uh, overall. And I think also United, Villa, Leicester, Fulham, and Wolves. And they've showed that they can keep clean sheets against, you know, pretty much any opponent. So I think Lookshot 5.2 could be a great, you know, replacement for Diaz or Stones. Uh, or even someone like me, Holmes Dinya. I think uh, I'm going to start offloading these uh, premium defenders and, you know, try to get more big hitters for the for the easy fixtures that many teams have. So what what do you think about Shaw and the United defenders, Sean? Um I'll just I'll come to that in a minute, but just you mentioned about Dinia. I've got Dinia as well by the way, so I've got to think of what to do with him for the future. Um just bear in mind that he's he's got another double to be organized at some point, another fixture to be placed. So um, I'm reluctant to get rid of Dinia until I know exactly what's happening with that extra game for Everton. I think that could be important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure, though. Yeah, well, yeah, why not? Sure. I've, I've really, really... It's it's a minor regret of mine this season, but I went for Aaron Wan-Bissaka for a while over Shaw, and Shaw was definitely the one to get. I thought Shaw was maybe a little bit more at risk um, for his spot at left-back. thought there'd be a lot more competition. And, in fact, there wasn't at all. Shaw was definitely the, the way forward. So, not against that pick at all now. Could be a good choice. Aditya, as a United fan, you should have an unbiased uh, opinion on this. <laughs> Yeah, so you want me to give an unbiased opinion, right, at this point? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I can. Yeah, I mean, Luke Shaw, definitely. I mean, most of the managers in the community are going to go for Shaw if they are on a wild card or so. But I don't think, Sean, you made a mistake because Telus, I mean, compared to last season, what the way Luke Shaw played, I mean, when Telus arrived, basically we thought that there could be rotation here and there because Luxo basically was a very injury-prone player. His minutes had to be basically, you know, kind of maintained in such a way that he doesn't get, you know, fatigued and injured. So, I mean, this season, credit to him, he's managed to keep his fitness, you know, very, very astounding. You're about to lose some listeners if I mention I'm a, a Liverpool fan, but I think Shaw was maybe having a few too many pies last season as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a fatty. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's come back in shape, he looks well, he's quite fit and he's managing to display, you know, a lot of consistent performances. So, Luke Shaw definitely an option, maybe even Harry Maguire, <laughs> he's, one, he's the one who's never going to be benched. There's no way he's going to be sitting on the bench and he's the club captain, so... So Maguire is another He's a massive aerial threat as well, Harry yeah. Maguire. I, I think he's got good potential from goals from corners as well. You know, yeah. when, he, when he jumps on people's shoulders all the time and doesn't get caught with it. Yeah, that's a, there's definitely potential there. Yeah, yeah, it's slab at FC, so there's a chance that should happen. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, uh, with Manchester United, the defensive numbers have improved. And I think if Dean Henderson keeps his place, I think for 5.2, that's another great option. I mean... If he manages to keep his place, because I'm not sure if I think the hair is back, and I don't know what basically Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants to do at this point. But I think Henderson is kind of a much better goalkeeper at this point compared to the hair. I mean, that's how the hair's form has basically dipped this season. And I think with regards to Chelsea defense, if we can go back to the topic, I think at this point, based on Chelsea's fixtures, I think maybe moving from a double City defence to a double Chelsea defence also could make sense, as Sean said, looking at the fixtures, and maybe even Edward Mendy could be an option, I think, for 5.2, if you don't want to go yeah. for someone like Amy Martinez and all. Agreed, yeah. yeah. Don't mind the goalkeeper either. Um, I don't know if we're going to mention teams to avoid. I really, really don't like Leeds coming forward. don't know if you've seen their fixtures, guys, but City, Liverpool, United, Spurs, 
or in the next yeah. six. I think it's Terrible. the right time to move away from Leeds. Yeah, uh, that was my next question, actually. Well, I was looking at Arsenal first, but since you mentioned Leeds, I think Leeds are a tricky situation if you have a lot of value invested in some players. Uh, I personally have only Rafinha, uh, so I think I'm in a good position because I think I'm just going to keep him and probably bench him because the fixtures after that get really, really good. And I think I wouldn't mind benching him for three, two, three weeks and then have him for the the great fixture run until the end of the season, which is actually looking really, really nice. It's Brighton, Spurs, Burnley, Southampton and West Brom. Uh, I think Rafinha could actually be a decent captain option in some of those with the form he's playing at. Uh, so I think if, if I fight in my situation, I think I'm just keeping Rafinha, but... Well, how about you guys? How about you, Sean? Since you mentioned it, uh, what are you planning to do um, with your assets? After after the free hit, um, I'm just on Rafinha as well. In fact, I had Bamford former free hit, but he's not actually in my team. And uh, I, I actually thought until he did well in that free hit, I thought he was dropping off. So I'd really think about moving him on for anybody that's on him. Um, Stuart Dallas, anybody that's on Stuart Dallas, I think you really well. It's been happening all season, but you're only going to be relying on him for um, attacking returns. There's going to be no clean sheets there. No obvious clean sheets, at least. So, go down to one. Totally agree with you on Rafinha. Keep hold of him. He's been really explosive, too, and he's on all of their set pieces, so don't be surprised if he still comes up with the points, but yeah. I, I think Rafinha is going to be my 12th man for a lot of the season now, going forward. Uh, Dutia, I think you should be with one Leeds player, too, given that you hitted in 29. Yes, yes, I did transfer out Bamford for, I think, Watkins in Game Week 28. And I did manage to get back Bamford on my favorite in Game Week 29. Yeah, I mean, definitely makes sense. Just, I mean, Rafinha is more than enough for the next few games. I think just for this Game Week, I'm going to be just hiding behind my sofa and just praying that Bamford doesn't score. So, <laughs> I think this Rafinha for this week uh, is probably fine. But the next, as you said, from 31 onwards till 33, City, Liverpool, and United, those are tough games. And then onwards, the fixture does look good. And I think Stuart Dallas also, I think it's time for, for him to leave some of the clubs some of, from most of the FPL managers' clubs at this point. So, I think with regards to that, Rafinha. And uh, I think I had another point which I want to speak on. I think I forgot. Let me just take a quick look. Yeah, I mean, Sochek is priced, what, 5.3 and Rafinha is, what, priced 5.7. So, it's gone up a lot. I, th- I thought like Rafinha and Sochek were quite close in price, but nevertheless, yeah, I mean, just keep Rafinha if you have him from the start or you did get him a few weeks back. Yeah, I think it's not worth uh, spending a transfer for someone who you will surely want for the last uh, five fixtures. So, uh, if you were on a wildcard in 31 or even now, I think one Leeds asset uh, is the best uh, way to go. And if you if you actually have a wild carding now, I think going without any Leeds assets, actually in 31, because this this game week would be a suicide. But I think in 31, if you were wild carding, I think no Leeds assets could be a good idea. And then if you want to get Rafinha for for the good run, so Arsenal, uh, yeah, we all know we, we could get burned by that. But I think Arsenal have. Again, one of the best fixtures, uh, fixture lists in the upcoming games. Because after Liverpool, they have Sheffield, Fulham, Everton, Newcastle and West Brom. I think that's just an exceptional uh, round of fixtures. If you ignore the, the Chelsea game. I just think we should try to, you know, uh, find a way to get some, someone from the, that team in our, in our you know, starting 11s. So, Aditya, I'm, I'm going to ask you first. Uh, again, as a United fan, non-biased, uh, what is your opinion on Arsenal? I mean, the answer coming from me is going to be definitely unbiased for Arsenal, with regards to Arsenal. I mean, I think in the last episode, we did have Ray Gunnar speaking, basically an Arsenal fan. And uh, I, I mean, 31 and 32, they are... Those two fixtures look good, Sheffield and Fulham. But Fulham defensively have improved. But I think with regards to Arsenal, maybe just having Bukayo Saka or Lacazette would be safe. Maybe I would just say Saka because I can't trust Arsenal, to be honest. We don't know which Arsenal is going to elect. Uh, 
pop up for that particular game. Although Arsenal Liverpool generally is a high scoring game, so I don't know what kind of result we are going to see for this game week. But I think maybe just having Bukayo Saka, I think, should be fine. Yeah, I think many people who are wildcarding right now are ignoring uh, Arsenal players, and I think that's that's a mistake. Even though there's some rotation uh, due to Europa League, I think uh, I think some players are gonna start in the league too. So, Sean, if you were on wild card in game week 31, who would you choose, and why? You know, I'm 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 very much pro for uh, Lacazette. Also, in fact, I really really like Lacazette. I think uh, his underlying stats in the last two games have been really really nice. He's put together a lot of shots. He's also got two goals in the last games as well. Um, I I wouldn't go as far as captaining him, but the problem with Arsenal is, as you guys mentioned, it's it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with them. You just don't know which type of Arsenal are going to turn up. What, what I really like about Lacazette is, in the last couple of seasons, he's been a real flat-track bully, in fact, and he's got Sheffield United Fulham coming up, and I think those could be interesting fixtures to jump on. wouldn't be surprised if he hold at all. I, and one thing I've noticed that's quite interesting is none of us spoke whatsoever about Obama Young there. Yeah, because he's playing like left back. Or something. No, it's his price tag. Right? That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. I think Aubameyang. He he was the most overhyped asset at the start of the season, and he just quickly uh, make Mez understand that he is not worth a single penny. Uh, he he had some good games. He 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 had some double-digit holes, but I think if he doesn't play striker, he just can't make it to any team. In any team, honestly, uh, it's so disappointing when he doesn't play striker. And I think on my free hit, I just hoped that he'd play a bit more centrally. But I made a mistake and I benched Lacazette over him. Uh, but you know, I think going forwards, Lacazette, I agree with you. He is the the best option. And actually, I think he's on pens too. So if Aubameyang is rested, he has the pens too, which is a great bonus. And I think at eight million, roughly. Uh, he's he could be a great differential. Now I'm on D- Dominic Calvert Lewin as well. So, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> no, I was, was just going to mention that I'm on Dominic, Dominic Calvert Lewin at the moment, and I'm not sure yeah. about his place in my team. That that's the slot that would be for Lacazette in the future, I think. Mm, yeah, but as you said, the the double for Everton, we have to get some news on that too, because I I'm actually I have both being in Lacazette. Yeah, I'm sorry, Calvert Lewin. So we have to, you know, get some more information about that. But yeah, I agree with you. He'd be the one I was. I'm gonna be looking to afloat now. A team that hasn't been talked about for ages. Uh, do you wanna guys? Do you wanna guys guess who that team is? Honestly, I think everybody knows who that team is. But it's Wolves. Uh, no one had had been talking about Wolves until recently because. They've been looking quite good uh, attacking-wise. And their fixtures, uh, the upcoming three, four fixtures that they have, are actually looking really, really good. And I think if someone was wildcarding in 30, 31, you could be looking at uh, you know, taking a punt. They have Fulham, Sheffield, Burnley, West Brom, and Brighton. So starting with Sean... Who would you invest in, and would you actually prefer a defender or an attacker if you had one choice? It's it's a difficult one. It's a team I'm interested in for sure. I, I, I agree with you. I like the fixture run coming towards the end of the season, all the way through. In fact, I think it's pretty nice. Um, about the defense question or, or the attackers, uh, well, there's nobody up front for a start to even bother considering for, for Wolves. So you can forget the attackers in, in midfield. There's uh, Ruben Neves has been playing a bit more advanced recently. He's an interesting pick. You've got Pedro Neto as well, but for me, uh, it would have to be in defence that I'd invest in. Um, is Willy Bowley back to fitness again? Who? Willy Bowley, the French defender. I'm um, really not aware of that. But okay. I, think, okay, cool. I think, regardless... I think he played know, against I think... Liverpool. I think he did start. Did he? Yeah, he, he's one I'd consider. Um, for me, it would definitely be the defensive assets. Um, one trap, in my opinion... The guy who always looks so, so flashy on the ball and he looks great to watch play, dribble past people. I would not touch with a barge pole at a much early. I think he just flatters the deceived 
all the time, um, FPL-wise. So I'd steer clear of Adama Traore. I'd possibly consider Neto, Neves. But for me, yeah, if you're on a wild card, possibly a defender to bring in. There's no problem with that for me. Yeah, so Aditya, what is your take on this? Yeah, I mean, definitely their fixture run from 31 to 34 is great. But before I speak about uh, Wolves in depth, I'll just give you the numbers because that's I can just scare most people out from here. I mean, if you look at their number of goal attempts over the last four game weeks, they had less goal attempts than even Newcastle. And they pretty much scored the same amount of goals, that's two. And in terms of defensive numbers, uh, they are the second worst side in terms of goal attempts conceded over the last four weeks. It's just like four Oof. shots behind Sheffield. So, Sheffield considered 66 uh, goal attempts and Wolves considered 62. But they did manage to keep one clean sheet. So, I mean, this season has been kind of on and off for Wolves. And uh, I think they're really, really missing Raul Jimenez. Uh, the lack of someone up front, a quality striker, a you know consistent goal scorer, is someone who's, who they're really, really missing. And I think uh, they're not able to find the right replacement for Matt Doherty. I think since he's left, uh, they're not able to find the right quality player who could possibly emulate the same way as he played over the last two seasons or so in the Premier League. So with Semedo, I think he can't basically play that sort of a role. And I think also Nuno basically kind of switched his formation in the middle, he went to back four and back three and also, I mean, this season has been kind of very, what do we can say? A stale season for Wolves. They have not managed to keep up the same tempo as what they have done over the last two seasons. And I mean, the fixtures definitely look great. Fulham, Sheffield, Burnley, West Brom. Fulham, for them, let's just let's let's just basically talk in the perspective of Fulham because Fulham basically need to get points to survive, and they're just breathing down the necks of Newcastle at this point. So they need points. Sheffield also basically are gone back to championship but still they have to put up some fight Burnley also need to get some points West Brom also so they're basically playing what three of the relegation prone sides and who basically need to kind of get form and points and Wolves who are also kind of struggling with regards to their form so basically their games could go either way also so we never know but maybe I would fancy the attack with someone like Pedro Neto but to be honest if I was wildcarding fixtures you know, do look tempting, but I can't seem to, you know, put my faith in one of the Wolves players. Yeah, I think the point you just made, uh, you know, even the fish, even if they look good, I think they, all the teams have something to play for. Whereas Wolves, they don't really care about, you know, probably don't, are not so keen to, to finish one, two places higher maybe, and they've been struggling, which is true. But I think here you have to, you know, if you want to bet, I think one player and probably defender. I think size, if he looks nailed, I think his goal threat and the clean sheet potential will be there, regardless of the stats, which are actually terrible. But I think sometimes you might have to play on the fixtures. Uh, so, yeah, but if I wasn't about cutting, I think I wouldn't really prioritize getting those players in unless they seem to, you know, tighten up at the back. Or actually, if Neto produces some really good performances. But yeah, so let's speak about differentials now, like in a more general note. So for the next weeks, and you know, hypothetically, if you were to wildcard, who do you fancy, uh, Aditya? Give me your top three differentials for the upcoming weeks. Well, well... (laughs) Uh, I just hope they return points if someone really, really listens to what I'm speaking and if they don't return points, you know, they're just going to have a big <laughs> argument with me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at this stage, differentials, I think it's very, very difficult for us basically to pinpoint one because most of them are just, the ownership is quite high at this point. Maybe one of the Chelsea players, maybe someone like Kai Havertz, I think if he keeps his place playing up top, who's just selected by around, what, 2.8% and he plays West Brom, Palace and Brighton. So next three games you know, does look good. So maybe one of the Chelsea's offensive players, even someone like how much is uh, Timo owners about ten percent. Kai Havertz, definitely one. I mean we were speaking about Ihana Show, right? He's owned by around two point eight percent. So but the next two games, you know, they do look difficult. So I mean uh, how much is Van Bisaka's ownership? Sixteen. <laughs> I 
I thought he would be a differential, but he's looking like I'm just making a joke of myself at this point. So, I mean, as I said, it's very difficult for me to see one great differential. I think Maris, 7.3. I don't know if he's going to keep up his place. Someone like Maris, even Lucas Mora, we did speak about him. I think his ownership is under 10. Yeah, it's just 2%. So, I think maybe someone like Howard Mora and uh, let me just see if I can manage to get another one who I really feel could do something. Uh, maybe Lacazette. I think Howard Mora and Lacazette would be my three picks. Yeah, interesting. So, now Aditya had a really hard time. Sean, will you find differentials uh, a bit easier? Um, I hope so. I mean, one one thing that I've focused on this season, maybe it's another point of the success I've had, is every time my template gets towards 80%, I absolutely hate having around 80% effective ownership. So as soon as it gets that high, I do make a point of looking for differentials to try and bring it back down towards the 60% mark. A, a guy who can absolutely tell you, as long as he doesn't get injured, I will have him on the team, Diego Jota. I think he's capable of transforming Liverpool's season again, maybe try and make that final push towards the top floor. I think Firmino's lost his place to him now in our team, and now that he's back and firing. He scored during the international break as well, which is a positive sign. He made a difference as soon as he came back to fitness for us, so he will 100% be back in my team as soon as I can get him in. Maybe not this week, because, I don't know, Arsenal, he could score against Arsenal, but I like the fixture run from 32 onwards for Liverpool, so that's the Liverpool bias coming in, maybe, but Diego Jota would be my number one pick for the future. I'll go as far as saying he could be captainable in some fixtures, in fact. And the other one for me, uh, so he's 4.6% owned. I'm sure I'm not the only one with that reflection, so that will go up in the future. As, as I say, uh, Chelsea defence, I really like the look of. If I had to nail it to absolutely one player, it would probably be Rudiger. In fact, he's, he's 4.7% owned right now. Um, not only is he absolutely nailed in their team, but I think he does occasionally like a shot from outside the box. So he's got that corner threat. Occasionally he pops up with a shot outside the box. Don't be surprised to see him on the goal sheet before t- from here towards the end of the season. And we already spoke about him at length, but Lacazette as well, 6.1% owned. But they're the top three that I would have personally. Yeah, I think I have to agree and I have to go with Jota too because I have him in my team too. And I think he's going to be uh, one of the best differentials uh, in the in the last game of the season. And I think he can actually, he might be able to cover Salah. Uh, he's playing out of position, a striker. And if that continues, he's going to be amazing value. And now, I think someone in a place that people have stopped looking at is Leicester defense. And I think uh, Castagne has been getting to full fitness. And I think I really like him as a replacement for maybe Diaz or even, you know, Digne, if the double isn't coming soon enough. Uh, I think I like him a lot. The fixtures are there. I think Leicester are a solid team and they have to go for top four place and they have to, you know, tighten up a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and I think I like him a lot and he, he's really low owned. I think it's barely 1% if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is 4% owned, my bad, but he's still owned by almost no one. So I think he would be a great, great differential. And another guy who I'm actually looking at is Inacho, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's, again, what, 2.8? That's mental. If if he keeps his place, I think he should be one of the, you know, bargains of the season. If he keeps up that form, I think he's been, he's been on a scoring streak, if I'm not mistaken. He scored uh, against Brighton, Burnley, and Sheffield. And I think against those uh, weaker teams, I think he could have uh, some fun. So at 2.8% ownership, I think he could be a great, great option and maybe a DCL replacement in the near future too, to free up some funds. So I think that's my take on it. Uh, And actually, I'm actually backing Leicester again, even though they let me down uh, before. I think they could, they have to, you know, Finish the season on a high, and they have no Europa League too, which uh, makes me even more confident about that. So, I think we, let's. Yeah, can I just um, mention Ian actually quickly? 
Um, yeah, one, one thing I'd add about Ian Acho is we, we saw him at Man City. He really showed flashes at Man City first of his potential. He, he's done it in spurts at Leicester too. I was just looking at his age. He's 24 years old now, and I think with that type of striker, um, he's really at the age where it can start coming into his peak years, in fact. So I think when you're looking at that type of player, you really need to look at the age, and he's really at the right time to start going on a peak run of form, in fact. And with, with Vardy's age, he could really make his, and stake his claim to be that top number nine in the future as well for them. So, yeah, I totally agree with Ian Actually, He's somebody I'll be targeting in the future too. Yeah, I think the point you made makes uh, absolute sense there. So, let's see um, something which is really actually a tough topic for this game week, game week 30. Captaincy options. It's actually something that I've been thinking of uh, for a while. You know, I think uh, there's many this week. And Sean, who do you have in your team? The who are the candidates? And who are you leaning towards? Uh, I mentioned him earlier on the pod, but um, if he's fit, on the assumption that he's fit, and I think he will be, despite the, the orange flag on him right now, uh, it would be Hung Min Sun for me, uh, for, the, for the reasons I mentioned earlier. My, my order of captain so far in my team would be Sun first, Kane second, and Bruno takes third place this week. In fact, so yeah, Sun for me. Hmm. So, would you not be tempted by Rafinha against Sheffield, who seemed uh, honestly terrible against Leicester, conceding five goals? You've got a point with Rafinha as well. I, I like to have him on the team. I'm just looking at... I, I know it's it's really a, a chicken way of doing things, but I've been taking a lot of look at effective ownership so far. And if Rafinha bangs, um, he's not really going to hurt me just owning him. I don't think there's going to be a lot of captainers on him. He's still surprisingly 16.3% owned now. I presume that's mostly live Twitter rather than dead teams that are on him, that 16.3%. But I don't think he really, really hurt my rank if he does bang. Whereas one of the other three that I did mention, if one of those goes off, that could start hurting the rank a little bit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm half playing it safe. Yeah, I totally get it. If I was in your position, 66th in the world, uh, you have to start paying a bit more attention in those things and, you know, pick your fights and pick your moments when to actually go differential. So I definitely uh, understand your point there. And I think for someone who is in a high-rank place, uh, I think you shouldn't really go crazy with captains this game because there's many good options and good, uh, good popular players who could do really well and damage your rank if something goes wrong. So, Aditya, what's your rank and what will your approach be in this game's captaincy? Well, uh, to be honest, I think Son or any of these person sets are going to be the probably the most captain you know, options option for this week. I think for me, it's basically Son, Fernandez, and then Calvert-Lewin. I think for me, it's at, at the moment, it's, it's on Son. But then Calvert-Lewin is another player which I'm Maybe I could possibly captain anyone or towards the you know as we get closer to game week 30's deadline. I don't know how things will change, but yeah, Everton's offensive numbers are not great. I mean they they have they had even less goal attempts than even Wolves. So yeah, just one less, 39. Wolves had 40. So I mean even defensive numbers if you look at of Crystal Palace, not too bad. But one thing what I would like to point is that over the last four weeks. No team conceded more headed goal attempts than Palace. That's 14. And Calvert-Lewin basically fancies scoring goals from headers. So maybe a differential captaincy option is someone who, who I would eye is basically Calvert-Lewin. But at the moment, it's definitely on Hyun Min Son. And on that topic, I think I missed a differential. The one was Diego Jota. I don't know how I just completely forgot. But the concern for me with Liverpool, I think Sean should be able to answer a bit better. But their chances of finishing top four is kind of tricky at this point. Fourth position is, I think, what Klopp will basically eye. But I think they will have and they'll take their chances more on get on winning the Champions League, I think. So I think they're going to display kind of better performances there and maybe just kind of get the fourth position here in the league. That's what I feel in terms of Liverpool. But another thing, differential option. I would like to say is Edinson Cavani, who's just, I think, 1.7% his ownership is. United fixtures also, as we did speak, they kind of look great up and down here and there. Marshall has not been great. And uh, I think he's currently injured. I'm not sure when he's going to be back. But I think once Cavani is back, I think the United should 
start scoring goals in a much more consistent manner and he's a much better complete striker than Martial. Yeah, I think you know that was an interesting call there. I mean, it's a bit, you know, stats can't quite support it and he hasn't played in a while, but I think he could be a nice punt if if he comes back and he looks nailed again. Uh so regarding to my team and my captaincy options, they're pretty similar to yours guys and everyone else's actually. I have Rafinha, Son, Kane, and Calvert Lewin, who I am all considering to captain. And I just would like to point out that uh, I think many people will be bummed about many people captaining Son or Kane. Uh, but you have to remember Newcastle were really bad against Brighton. And the fact that everyone's captaining them is not because they just, you know, fall the herd. I think there's a really strong case in captaining those two guys. They're out of the Europa League too. They have lots to play for. So I think it makes really, really uh, good sense to captain them and not go differential this game week. You know, you have to pick your moments. And, you know, I think this is not the game week to go to look otherwhere than Son or Kane. And I think, uh, yeah, if, even if Rafinha holds, I think I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, even if I captain him or not. So I think Son could actually be. You know, I think I'm going to go with you, Sean, and I'm going to back Son if he's fit because I think he could be he could be actually a more explosive captain option. So that that's where I'm I'm leaning towards at the moment. But we have to see from the press. Of course, as always, uh Friday press is going to be important for the decisions. And now, I think we could also discuss uh about going forwards and what are we thinking of doing uh in the upcoming weeks. So, Sean, you're in that position right now, and I think uh, a lot should be going through your head. So, what is your uh, plan for the future and your approach to the end of the season? Um, so, my approach is to take it one week at a time, to be honest. Um, I've, I've got my transfers planned, more or less. Uh, as I say, all saves one week at a time, but I'm still looking at the six weeks fixtures in advance. Um, for the reasons we mentioned earlier, I'm either going to be rolling this week. Um, or Diaz is going to go to Rudiger, I think. Um, if if Diaz goes to Rudiger, then that's a nice funding, nice easy path for Rafinha to become Jota with the extra money. In fact, so that's probably what I'm looking at next. Mention Lacazette, definitely want to be proactive and get him in in the future, and that should give me enough time to see how much game time Iheanacho is getting as well. So those are all the plays in my mind currently. Yeah, so like in more general note, are you looking to take some, you know, risks going forward to maybe shoot you up the ranks or are you uh feeling happy in that spot and are you looking to just you know maintain it my objective is to get top 100 that's where i'm going to try and stay for now um that could easily just drop as soon as this week's over to be honest uh i've noticed even a couple of points seems to jump you up and down in these these top ranks i want to try my best to win it really i'm not, I'm not going to lie you, you don't get these opportunities too often I've been playing the game for about 15, 16 years now. I don't know how long. So, yeah, um, I, I, want, I want to try my best to win it. I'm about 52 points, 58 points, something like that off the top squad. So it's a big, big ask still, especially with no chips left. But I'm going to take moderate risks. I'm, I'm still potentially taking one or two hits in the future, as long as I think it'll pan out over the next six fixtures, as I mentioned earlier. But I'll try my best to win it still. So this week, as you mentioned, I really don't think it's the right time to go for a differential captain pick. I think it's too locked in, that Newcastle fixture for Spurs. But I, w- I wouldn't be adverse in the future. Um, neither of you have kindly mentioned that I've currently got Timo Werner in the team, which was my last transfer before the free hit. I hasn't worked out for the future yet, but that was, again, long-term thinking. So I really, really hope he suddenly wakes up before the end of the season. Well, I hope Timo brings you some joy because he surely didn't bring me any joy this season uh, <laughs> as an NFL manager. But, you know, he's been improving. I think he will be one of the names that I'll be looking to, you know, give one more chance next season for sure. So, Aditya, how about you and and who do you look to bring in the future? Well, uh, that's the question even. I'm asking myself because I've not, you know, basically looked at my squad yet. But uh, next few weeks, I mean, uh, since Spurs have a double, I might probably get in Kane and go with Kane and so on, and then maybe ship one of them out. So what my plan is maybe just get rid of Sterling, 
we will possibly get someone like Lucas Moura if I can't afford Kane. So that's what I'm basically thinking at this point. I do have Rudiger, so I'm just comfortable at this point having one Chelsea defense, and I do have Mo Salah, Calvert Lewin. The next few games for Everton do look good. I mean, Palace, the chance for them to basically score goals and get the three points. Uh, Brighton is a tough game defensively. Brighton have improved. Spurs, Arsenal, and Villa are the next three games. That's up to game week thirty-four. Um, Aston Villa. I have uh, Ollie Watkins. Probably, I think I will transfer him out after this game week. But uh, I think Grealish is back, so we'll have to see how well Villa play. Uh, basically, how well the offense reacts since he's back. So I mean, there's going to be a couple of interesting few game weeks for all of us. Now at this point, I mean, for Sean, I think at this point is basically to kind of stick with his position at this point, his overall ranks, and then slowly try to climb up. But for us, we are about what 120, 130k, so we have to kind of get inside the top 100k and then get close and closer to 50k and then probably see where we can end up finishing. But I think for those who have, I think maybe triple captain bench push and wildcard. In my case, I do have these three chips. I think. I don't know when I'm going to basically play them. So whenever I think I play them is when I'm going to go all out and kind of climb up the ranks. Yeah, I think what you said makes uh, applies for me too. I think I have to take a bit more of a risk. But again, you you can't really force risk. I think you have to you know look into it and pick your moments. As I said to Sean earlier, I think uh, that applies for us too. But you know we're gonna obviously try to. To go with some, you know, differentials, and you know, uh, be a bit more ballsy when it comes to captaincy picks. I think that that could be a critical uh, factor to where else we get. My target is 100k for now, uh, which is which is definitely doable, but and it's something that is not that hard over a nine nine game period. But I think I'm gonna keep my expectations low, <laughs> uh, and I think I want to, you know. You know, if if things go well, I think I want I want to you know obviously upper the target and you know 50k would be great, but yeah, we have to to give it one game at a time, as Sean said, really really correctly. I think I definitely agree with that uh, mentality, and you know we're gonna do our best to finish the season on a high. So I think we covered everything possible for the upcoming game week and the near future. Uh. Sean, would you like to add something about, uh, to what we've said right now or about your... Um, the only thing I'd possibly add, it, it's not really advice for myself, but it's advice for other people. Uh, those that still have the wild card, you are in a, an extremely advantageous position for these next couple of weeks coming. Don't leave it too late would be my only other advice that I'd say. I think really, if you're looking after game week 32, you start to lose the advantage of it, in fact. So really give it a good thing. Those that still have the wild card for the next two weeks, and I think any longer than that, you're starting to lose time with it. Yeah, I think I, I can definitely get on with that advice. I think 30, 31. Uh, personally, I think 31 is the best time to play it. If you have, uh, like, Leeds assets right now, uh, even Aston Villa players, maybe. Uh, I think 31 is the best time to play it uh, and catch that those fixture swings. So I think this is the end of the pod. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this. And we'll catch you up next time on the next episode of the Academica Vertex. Follow us on Twitter on the FF Academy. And we wish you a good Game Week 30 and a good start to your season sprint. Mm-hmm.